I want to take you on a bit of a journey about who Jesus is and why he stands at the very heart of our commitments. And to do that, I want you to imagine for a moment that you're a child, an orphan. And perhaps after this pandemic season, this has particular poignancy for all of us. Because in silent moments, as the one who is on their own, you long to have known other people, perhaps a mother, a father, or maybe simply to have someone to love you and someone whom you yourself might love. And so I want you to imagine that as a child, an orphan, you're one day standing on the edge of a recreation field. And as you stand a short way away from you, you see a father playing with his son. And as you look at them, you see energy, you see joy, you see love, and you hear laughter. And as you stand at the side on the edge, you long for a parent just like the one you're watching. You long for friendship, for warmth, for affection, for the giving and the givenness of that relationship. And as you stand there watching, secretly wishing that you could be part of the game, not for the game's sake, but because somehow you want to be gathered into the warmth and the affection of that friendship that is there between the parent and the child. And then to your utter surprise, in the middle of the game, both the parent and the child stop and they turn and they look at you. And in that moment, they take the ball and begin to throw it towards you. And you're stunned. It's what you've longed for. It's what you've dreamt of. And in that moment, you turn away full of embarrassment because somehow they've sensed your deepest need, your deepest longing. Or do you reach out, catch the ball, and join the game. You see, the Christian story is about a father and a son sharing their love for the world that they have made. And in the gospel story, and we heard the beginning of it tonight, we see this father and this son in love with each other. The father delighting in what his son does. The son delighting in his father. And that love stands today in 2021. Not just 2,000 years ago, but now at the center of our world and our universe. And the climax of the Christian message in many ways is quite simply that God the Father and God the Son turn and face you or face me. face us who are onlookers and then the son makes to throw the ball towards us to throw the ball into our court because you see through the stories you'll hear of those being baptized and confirmed tonight through the stories maybe you've heard on many occasions in talks you've heard in this place in small group discussions in the reading you have done we are onlookers and we are spectators of God the Father and God the Son. But we're more than spectators because without God, 
we are in effect orphans. Because in this vast and great universe, without God, I believe we are rootless. And this rootlessness is emphasized when any, whenever anyone has ringing in their ears and their minds questions about where have we come from? Where do we really belong? Where are we going in our lives? What's the purpose of our existence? What meaning do our lives possess? And it is to us as orphans that God today, 2,000 years later, continues to speak the Christian message. There are those of us who are lost in the vastness of this universe, trying to make sense of it and find a way through, trying, sadly, in some cases, to find a way out. There are those of us who question and wonder about the truth of God and then the truth about ourselves and our destiny. There are those of us who, in spite of all that we have, in spite of our friendships, in spite of our many and great achievements, still sense an inner emptiness, as if there was some corner of our heart that was as yet unfulfilled, and looking for life and hankering after it. And to those of us who have lost the way, who are seeking the truth, who are looking for a life that is genuinely worth living and celebrating, it is this Jesus who comes with these words. I am the good shepherd. I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And no one, no one comes to God the Father except through me the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus himself, on a journey from God the Father to God the Father, reminds us that all of us are on a journey. It begins with God, this journey, and it ends with God, and I believe it is as simple as that. But without this knowledge about the journey, about its origins, about its destiny, we are rootless, like orphans in a vast universe, wondering what the purpose of it all is. And it is Jesus who comes and says, I am the way. And for those who want to find the way, Jesus says, follow me, and I will show you the way back to God. Follow me. But what sort of God is it from whom we came and to whom we return? Is he some impersonal being in the universe? No, Jesus shows us that God is far from that. He shows us that God loves us without limit. That a father who loves you, who knows everything about you, even those secrets that those closest to you do not know, even those secrets your parents don't know or your children don't know, God knows them all. And what is more, he loves you. And in Jesus, we find this picture of God the Father loving us and continuing to love us and forgive us so that even if we were to take God in a moment of fury, stand him beside a tree, hammer nails through his hands, he would not stop loving you, forgiving you, and caring for you. 
That's the truth about God that Jesus shows you. Some of us may have found love in another human being, and thank God for that. But that love is a temporary one. For even if you love all the days of your life, one day one of you will go first. Where, oh where, is love that lasts forever? And I want to tell you, here is love. That God so loved you, so loved the world, that he gave his only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him should not die, but have life eternal. And this life that Jesus talks about, that Jesus shows us about, is the life we celebrate in this church tonight, and that inspires these baptisms and the confirmations. In the heart of every one of us that longs for fulfillment and an experience of life that nothing else seems to be able to give us, I think the life we're craving for is quite simply this. It's the life of God himself. So often we long, don't we, for the next event, for the next birthday, the next party, for something in the future, something bigger and better. But there's a fleetingness about the pleasure that human achievements bring us. Thank God for them, but don't trust them. And God comes to you and me tonight with this message. There is life for you yet to live. No matter whether you've known him for decades or for days, there is life for you yet to live. And it comes from God, and it is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And over the last 2,000 years, ordinary men and women, young men and children, have knelt and asked the same Lord Jesus to come into their hearts, to bring God's life into their hearts. I could tell you of famous people who've made that decision, but their fame would obscure the truth. For there are millions in the world today who could tell you that they have found the way. They have found the truth about God and they've begun to experience the life of God by welcoming the Lord Jesus Christ into their hearts. That's what you'll hear if you engage folk tonight who are being baptized and confirmed. And I joked with Simon that I'd like to come back every month for baptism and confirmation. So tonight, I mean, some places I go, I went to church in Basingstoke, Simon, and I was due to baptize and confirm nine, and we ended up baptizing and confirming 16. But I don't know if we do a bit more thorough preparation here. Um, but take the opportunity either to come and talk to me or Simon or someone else on the team here tonight if you're in a place to make it the next step in your own walk with him because be sure of this we are spectators of God's love until we reach out to catch the ball until we invite him in and I think the experience I have of the last 30 years 
is that God rarely pushes himself or forces himself into our lives. He is utterly gracious with the continual invitation. And you and I have to reach out and say, yes, I will receive him. I'll welcome him. Because I think rather than talk about a range of religious experiences, a pick and choose, if you like, of what makes sense to you, God simply does this. He offers you and me himself. And as he speaks, he waits for you to receive what he offers. Why would he do this? So that God could take something away from your life? God forbid. So that God could kill your joy? God forbid. So that God could somehow come and spoil your life? God forbid. No, it's so that God could add to our life, add to what is missing, add the way to our life, add the truth to our life, and add the life to our life. That's what the Christian message is about. And so in that first, we didn't collude with this at all, Jack and I, but in that first worship song about orphans becoming children of God. We are orphans when we watch from the sidelines, when we're spectators, when we're curious. We watch the energy, the love, the warmth. We watch their seriousness too. But as God turns to us in the middle of their, of their play and the sun makes to throw the ball towards us, please don't be embarrassed if you believe God has sensed where you are. If God has sensed your need to find the way, the truth, and the life, would you reach out this Sunday evening and take hold and receive?